Well, you guys must be the hungry ones because you're here on your Saturday morning. And so, amen. You know you love Jesus if you come and show up for church at 10 a.m. on a Saturday morning. Sensational. I, uh, I just want to applaud you. I, I was in uh, Africa, uh, specifically Uganda, in November, uh, just this most recent November. And it's amazing to see the hunger of African Christians for God. And I felt... Uh, like I needed to repent and get right with God and be born again when I saw their hunger. <laughs> and, and, you know, they, they wear their best outfits for church. I don't know if you, some of you may be aware of that, but they literally, they get dressed up for church. And, and I think it's just, a, hey, we have such reverence for what's about to happen on, at church. And, uh, you know, many of them, uh, in, I've, I, I know... In the region I was in, but also I know in other regions, I've heard the reports from associates of mine, uh, friends of mine and, and people that I know, they'll, they'll walk for hours to get to the, right, to the, to the, you know, the place of the, the crusade or the place of the church meeting. They will walk for hours in their best clothes to get to the place of the crusade or, or to the church meeting. And so I, 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 I put my own hand up as a Westerner and say, I need to learn from that. And uh, I, I need to let that cut me up a little bit. It just, <clears throat> just let that sting me a little bit. That's good. That helps. And, uh, uh, but I do just want to applaud you for, for, for coming out on a Saturday morning. Uh, it's beautiful. Um, my wife and I, uh, we are so uh, honored to be here. Uh, many of you got to see my wife last night. Uh, incredible woman that I'm married to, uh, Elizabeth. She is my uh, she is my great example of what Jesus looks like, and and uh, the person that I love the most on the planet. We we are so honored uh, to be here and to be a part of what God is doing in the Northwest. Uh, I just am continually amazed at the things that I'm hearing, uh, what I'm seeing, what I'm hearing is happening in churches and outside the church here in the Northwest. It is genuinely exciting to Elizabeth and I, and the hunger that is here is phenomenal. Uh, I spoke with a pastor uh, yesterday who uh, pastors in, somewhere in this region, and uh, he uh, when he took, I think he took over the church, and it was a cessationist church. And uh, since he's taken over that church uh, recently, I don't know, has it been a year or something, Chris? The, a little more than a year? Okay. Uh, he, since he took over that church, uh, they've had uh, people uh, experiencing the presence of God. They've had healings and miracles taking place in the church. And uh, as he began to share with me uh, about a condition in his eyes that the Holy Spirit healed, he, he, he actually just started to cry because it just touched his heart so much. And, and that, not so long ago, was a cessationist church. Didn't even believe the gifts of the Spirit were for today. And, and now the, the Holy Spirit's moving in the church. And, and so these are the kinds of reports that I think to myself, man, I... Lord, I, please, would you bring me back here? I, I just want to see and be, uh, just watch and be, have some little role in what you're doing in this part of the country. It, it, it honestly is truly, truly exciting. 
for those of the Promise Church, you, you have an amazing uh, man on your team, Chris Donald. He is a, a very good friend of mine, and and uh, I uh, appreciate him and his family, Chelsea, and the kids very much. Uh, that I was so marked by uh, something that I saw uh, something like a year ago, uh, might be slightly off, but about a year ago, Chris brought uh, a bunch of his young adults in, in I, was, I think you were in a van, weren't you? And uh, you were in a van, and uh, you came up, to, you came down to Redding, California, which is about six or seven hour drive, and uh, I, so I'm like, oh, so you, what, you're here for a week? No, we're here for less than 24 hours. I, I'm like, what? You drove six to seven hours to be in Reading for less than 24 hours. Yeah, man, we're just hungry. We just want it all. And uh, they came to one church service, uh, you know, got, got filled with some, uh, you know, things of the flesh, some evil at In-N-Out Burger. And, uh, they, and then that got cast out the next morning at Sunday, Sunday church. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, though, I, I was just in awe. I'm like, man, you, you drove six to seven hours down to California to be at a Sunday church, a short one hour with a pastor, and then you drove back up here, uh, you know, to, to be back, I think, for Sunday night church or something. And I just think, man, with that kind of hunger, the, God it cannot do anything but be moved. He is moved by that. That moves him. That moves his heart. That's like the woman that reached out her hand and said, if I can just ch touch the garment of Jesus, I don't even need to touch Jesus. He doesn't even need to speak to me. If I can just reach out and just touch him, I'll be healed. That's that kind of faith. That's that kind of hunger. And, and God is moved by that. That moves heaven, that kind of a hunger, doesn't it? Amen. Well, we should pray. I've got about, I want to just talk for only about half an hour, uh, then we're going to minister. Um, actually, let's, let's start off by this. Uh, would, Noah, where's Noah? Noah, come up here. Noah is uh, a graduate of our first year school of ministry. Why don't you just appreciate Noah as he comes? <laughs> Noah just graduated our first year school of ministry in May. And uh, he's, he is an absolute passionate man for God and, and uh, has some wonderful giftings that the Holy Spirit's placed on his life. And uh, he, he actually uh, has just been seeking the Lord for a, a couple of prophetic words. So I'm just going to let him release that uh, over whoever. So go for it, mate. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> um, is there a Chris Donald here? I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> No, I actually, I actually do have a word for you that I had last night. I just wanted to, I'm just playing though. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I'm trying to find the other person. I saw someone during worship, but I don't think they're in here anymore. Anyways, okay. Um, I just saw over you, um, I feel like God was really anointing you to reach business leaders. And I don't know if business, if you're gifted in the business area, but I feel like you're I feel like God was saying that your drive and your passion will like supersede degrees and, and like um, the, the fact that a lot of people gifted in the business region, they, they already have a lot of experience in that area, but your drive and your passion would override that. 
and I saw you getting in places that you shouldn't be, businesses that you shouldn't be in, talking to people that you wouldn't normally talk to, and influencing them, for, and actually leading them to Jesus, not necessarily salvation, but being a mark, and, and that person saying, Jesus, Chris, and, and associating the two, and, and being set on fire for more, and being intrigued, and being compelled to find out what Jesus has for their life. So I just wanted, just real quick, would you guys just mind extending a hand towards Chris? I just want to bless this man. So God, we just bless all the things that you're doing in his life, the hunger, the drive, the passion that he has, and the compassion that he has. And we just ask for more, God. We ask for more favor on his life, for, for more of an ability to reach people that are not normally reached, God. We just ask that you would set him even more on fire, God, as such a leader, as such a pastor, a shepherd of people that, that not only nurtures people's hearts but pushes them towards the cross of Calvary. So thank you, Jesus, for everything you're doing in this man's life. Amen. Amen. Also, is there, is there someone in here named Paul? Anyone in here named Paul? Okay, well, if you have, if you have a brother or a dad named Paul, come find me after. Um, and then I think there's not, I don't think this girl is in here. Was, she, she was wearing a white um, cardigan with a red shirt underneath. She might be over here. It's hard to see with the light. Um, okay, she's taking care of the baby. Okay, well, I'll talk to her after. Um, okay, yeah, yeah, say it anyways. Yeah, so I felt like, and you guys listen, okay? So you can tell her, and, and I can talk to her and give her more, but I, I felt God speak um, Romans 1-4, um, which I was just reading about, and it actually says that, that there's a spirit of holiness and I felt God speaking that she carried a spirit of holiness. And, and it says this in, in Romans 1, 4, it's talking about Jesus. And it says, and through the, through the spirit of holiness was appointed the son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. And I felt like the spirit of holiness and the heart of purity that she carried would actually lead her to move in, in great power. And it was because she had a pure heart. And so, so wherever she is, but I, I just feel like God was saying that her heart is the heart of Jesus. It's tender and it's pure like Jesus. And as a result, God could fall on her life with fire and with power and move through her in ways that couldn't be normally moved through someone who didn't carry a spirit of holiness. And so I really just saw that over her life. So wherever she is, just bless her. And thank you guys so much. Love prophetic ministry because even even when you're not feeling even when it's not directly at you, I, I feel encouraged. You know, I just get encouraged when I hear those kinds of words released. And sometimes I say, Lord, that wasn't for me, but I really want that for me. You know, I like to pray those prayers. <laughs> I, I really do. I do that a lot. So, well, let's just turn our attention again to the Holy Spirit because it, this is all about Jesus and. And uh, the Holy Spirit is drawing our attention to Jesus. The Holy Spirit's here to glorify not any man or woman, but Jesus. And so, Holy Spirit, we, we thank you for your presence in this meeting. We, we thank you for uh, just the fact that you would come and dwell in our midst. Holy Spirit, I pray that this would be a sanctuary for you today and this, that this building would be a sanctuary for you today and for, all etern for, for the rest of, until the age ends, Lord. I pray that you would find a home here. We just give you permission to just come and do whatever it is you want to do. Have your way.
in Jesus' name in this place. Do whatever it is you want to do today in Jesus' name. We love you. We love you. We love you. We love you. Thank you, Lord. We just love you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Is, is there a young lady here? You have, um, a, I think it's a young lady. Uh, you have lingering issue in your right ankle, lingering problems in the right ankle. I think it's a young lady, but I might be wrong. Is there anyone? You have lingering issue in your right ankle. I say you're young. <laughs> the Lord says you're young. How about that? That trumps it all. <laughs> Do you have, you have an, an issue in your ankle? Okay, cool. I'll just make sure there's no one else. Is there anyone else? No, okay. Are you able to stand up? Could I have a few people just lay hands on, on, on this young lady with a great T-shirt that says happy? So why don't you guys just pray with me if you're around her. Listen, guys, when, when you pray... Uh, I, I, it, it really um, agitates me a little bit when I hear Christians uh, beg God or plead with God. Uh, God answered our prayers at Calvary. The Lord showed us His will in the life, death, and burial and resurrection of Jesus. So we already know what His will. So all we need to do is just declare Every, every prayer of healing in the New Testament that was answered was a, de a declarative prayer. It was a commanding prayer. It wasn't a, oh God, please would you heal. It was a, be healed in Jesus' name. So let's pray that way th this morning. We just uh, say over this precious sister's ankle, be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in the name of Jesus we say, let there be a complete restoration to this ankle right now. 100% restoration. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, that's good. Now, would you be willing to just try it, testing it a little bit? Maybe, I feel like maybe if you put some pressure on it, you're going to notice a change there. It, but I, just do it as you feel comfortable. If you just put a bit of pressure on it, tell us how it is. And then we get to give glory to Jesus. Is it any better? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a tendon issue. Okay. So you wouldn't, you haven't noticed any change just yet? Okay. Yeah, let's pray again. Let's pray again. Yeah, Father, we, we pray with me, guys. Let's pray together. We just declare complete healing in this ankle in Jesus' name. 100%. Jesus, we thank you that nothing is impossible with you. Nothing is impossible with you. And I declare this ankle completely restored and healed. I declare this ankle is made new in Jesus' name. Just, I feel like you just want to put some pressure on it, just as you feel you're able to, just as a as a sort of a say, as a sort of a sign to God, Lord, I'm available, I'm ready to receive this. Just start to uh, put put a bit of pressure on it. Okay, how is it now? 
Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, so what happens is sometimes, sometimes um, there's the, funny, the Lord's really creative. You notice Jesus never healed the same person. He never healed people the same way twice. You ever notice that in the Gospels? It was always, it was do something, you know, mud in the eyes, uh, stretch out your hand, pick up your mat and walk. You're healed. Your faith is healed. It, it was always different. And so sometimes it's, it just, he does it differently. So I, I just want you to take no pressure, uh, no pressure, haha, <laughs> ha, ha, accident. Uh, just put put a bit of put a bit of pressure on it just now, if you would, and and uh, just take we'll just take a bit of time. We're in no hurry. Just put a bit of pressure on it. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. Thank you for the fact that you're already moving in this lady's ankle and heel. We thank you for what you're already doing. We thank you for what you're doing right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, feels pretty darn good. That's a good report. That's awesome. Will, will you be here tonight? Okay, great. I'd love to hear from you. I'd l hopefully, we can chat tonight and just hear how it goes once the effect of the, the pain medication wears off. So, bless you. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right, guys. Well, uh, I want to talk to you not for long, as I said, for like, I'm going to go max 20 minutes. And uh, I want to talk to you, I, th I think, about 20 minutes. So, help me, Jesus. And so, <laughs> so I want to talk to you about the... The gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to talk to you about the light of Christ's gospel. And I want to, um, I, I'm, as much as I'm going to open up the Word of God and um, preach uh, the Word of God this morning, as much as I'm going for revelation, I'm going for what I would call impartation. And uh, it's one thing to have more knowledge and understanding, and that's a wonderful thing the Bible says. But there's something about an impartation, which I would say is a work of the Holy Spirit, a transforming work of the Holy Spirit that is like an experiential change. It actually has a change and a transformation that leads to a different experience. And you literally walk out of that room different. And your life reflects the fact that there's been a change. And so I'm really believing for not just great information, but uh, I hope it's great information, <laughs> but actually impartation as well, that you would actually walk out of here differently. And, and something happened in my own life uh, about three or four years ago, and it was first of all for me, and then I actually believe with all my heart that the Lord has asked me to be a, to ha be a conduit of what I've received, be a conduit of uh, this what I would call like a fire for the gospel of Jesus Christ to the body of Christ, where the body of Christ would fall in love with the gospel. Christians, Christians would fall in love with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I, I meet a lot of Christians, they love Jesus, they serve Jesus, they're faithful people, uh, but they actually struggle to articulate the gospel. And even more than that, this is probably the most grieving when they share the gospel, even to another believer, there is so little conviction, there is so little reverence, there is so little wonder, childlike wonder 
I shared a story last night where uh, many of you would have heard it, where Evan Roberts w- went into a spiritual coldness and was con- the revivalist of the Welsh revival and was concerned because when he looked at the cross, it wouldn't bring tears to his eyes. And I think that the Lord, I, I know the Lord is doing something in the body of Christ, as He's doing in my life, He has done and continues to do in my life, where we literally get lit on fire for the gospel. So literally the gospel just comes out of me. I'm just talking about the cross. I'm talking about the power of His resurrection. The blood is not just something I learned in Sunday school, but the power of the blood is something that just comes out of my life. I am, I, I, I am almost filled with tears because I talk about the blood of Jesus and what the blood has, has done in my life and what Jesus accomplished at Calvary. And, and, and I'm really wanting to preach this to believers because I think that what happens you can get great tools tools are good i believe in tools we'll probably you know chris and elizabeth and i'll give some sort of pointers on evangelism this afternoon and things that we've learned but if it doesn't grip you at the heart people don't want it like if you stand in front of someone in the coffee drive through and you're like hey you know jesus died for you man yeah yeah he went to the cross that was for you they don't they don't want that they want to see in your life something's different. That man or woman, that person is possessed with promise. That person has hope. I don't even know what hope is, but I see hope in their eyes. When they talk about Jesus, they actually sound like they're in love. They sound like they're in love with Jesus. And, and I, I just really want to just believe that God's going to do that in this place this morning. When I talk about the gospel, uh, I, I love this is a, a like a somewhat of a definition that I love to work through work with. Um, the gospel is the promise of salvation and its fulfillment through the life, death, and resurrection and ascension of Jesus Christ. Say that again. In my words, the gospel is the promise. Actually, this is from Jack Hayford. I should say, the promise of salvation and its fulfillment through the life, death, and resurrection and ascension of Jesus Christ. So that what happened was, is you and I found ourselves in front of a massive tsunami, and that tsunami was condemnation, that was guilt, that was calling for our soul because we'd sinned and said, you deserve death, that was sin, shame, pain, sickness, poverty, torment brokenness loneliness hopelessness and that tsunami was coming down and bearing down on us on you and i and that tsunami was bearing down on us and calling our name and the grave was calling out for our name and what happened the messiah stepped down on the ground stood in front of that tsunami and drove a cross into the ground and the son of god hung on that cross And the Son of God said, it is finished when he gave up his own life. And that tsunami fell to the ground. And the the boast of sin in the grave was silenced at the sound of Jesus saying, it is finished when he gave up his own life. And when he rose from the grave and the angel just tore the stone away from and Jesus walked out of that grave and said, now I have the keys of death and hell. 
Go, tell everyone about me. You have eternal life now. Talking to the, the apostles, you have eternal life. Now go and tell them about me. And when we, sh- when we, when we think about this uh, turn of events, when we think about the Messiah, his life, death, burial, resurrection and ascension, there should be fire in our hearts. There should be fire inside of us. There should be a conviction. Oh God, I cannot believe that you did that. Mercy found me in the middle of a pit. You redeemed my life from the pit. You crowned me like a prince. What an astonishing story of mercy. Mercy found me. Grace has found me. I am forgiven and set free. Thank you, Jesus. And you know, not only have we come into a relationship with a person, but I want you to see this morning that you were given something, and that something is the gospel. Not, it would have been enough for Jesus just to save our souls, to give us the, goal, the Holy Spirit as a guarantee of our salvation, to make His home in us, and then give us eternal life. That would have been enough. My goodness, that would have been enough. And yet now he says, I've placed a treasure inside of you. And that treasure is the gospel. And we're going to see that. So if you have a Bible, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. We're going to pick it up in verse 3 of uh, chapter 4. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, I love this next line, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Wow. We can just meditate on that verse. Lest that, because that's what's happened to us, but then there are many that the, the, um, the God of this age, that's uh, Satan, has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. But you and I, the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, has shone on us. Amen. Verse 5, For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Powerful. Verse 7, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Paul here is referring to the gospel as a treasure. That is something worth thinking about. He's describing what has happened when the gospel came to us. The light of the glory of Christ shined on us and that came through the gospel. And Paul's saying here, this is a treasure. This is something immeasurably valuable. This is a treasure. This is so precious. And that treasure 
is in earthen vessels or fragile vessels. Uh, I think NIV says fragile like clay pots, the NIV translation says. And this treasure has been placed in fragile vessels. That's you and I. Why? That the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. So that when people would hear and see you and I demonstrate the gospel, they'd say, that, that can't be this, this guy. That can't be this weird Australian. You know, this can't be that guy. Because that is power that I am hearing and seeing demonstrated before my eyes. And Paul says, that power inside of you, that's placed inside of you, that is a treasure. And that is immeasurably valuable. And, and I have been on this journey in my own personal life where I have seen that God has placed inside of me a treasure. The treasure is the hope of salvation, the promise of salvation and its fulfillment through Jesus' life, death, burial, and resurrection. The gospel's inside of every one of us, but what's happening is we are in the midst of a process where it's being expanded and revealed to us in greater measure. It's like the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ is expanding inside of us and people around us get to see it, hopefully, but also what's happening is it's expanding inside of us and our revelation of it's expanding and we're seeing it more and more. And that ought to cause us to come into a place of wonder. Wow, my goodness, I was literally on track for eternal damnation and Christ stepped down and said, even while you're a sinner, I love you. Even while you're sinning, I love you. Or how about this one? Christ died before the foundation of the world was laid, the Bible says. Even before Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, heaven was planning redemption. Because it says Christ died, the scripture says, Christ died before the foundation of the earth was laid. So there was a plan of redemption. The gospel was being unfolded in heaven before Adam and Eve sinned and sin and death entered the world. That's phenomenal. Whew. Romans 1.6, Paul says, I am not, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. We must recognize the power inherent in the gospel. And, and what, what happens when this happens is, is that when I open my mouth to share with people about the gospel, it takes the pressure off me because I don't save people. It's not my rhetoric. It's not my accent. It's not my fashion. It's not my giftedness to speak. It's the gospel. The power is inherent in that gospel. And that power is that inside the, inside the gospel, the Bible says, is the power of God to salvation for those who believe. You know, it's not a new plan of salvation. It's the fulfillment of God's eternal plan of redemption, which was conceived before time. Established in Abraham's seed, that's Israel, completed in Jesus Christ, and now made known by the living body of Christ, the church. 
the gospel's been carried, I would say, from the heart of the Father, established in Abraham's seed in Israel. When Israel went out from Egypt into the wilderness and then into the promised land, crossing over Jordan into a promised land, that was a picture of salvation. That was a great picture of salvation. When they crossed over the Jordan, that was like a baptism, a water baptism almost. It's a prophetic imagery of the gospel into a promised land where they would be saved and enjoy the blessings and the abundance of a territory that it would inhabit and they would have dominion of the land. That was a picture of the gospel. It was completed in Jesus Christ. Jesus was more than a messenger of the gospel. He was the gospel. He spoke it. He announced it. Repent. The kingdom of God is at hand in me, in my words. In other words, the kingdom was coming through Jesus. He was more than a messenger of the gospel. He was the gospel. He was forgiveness. He was healing. He was deliverance from torment. He was brokenness for the poor. uh, Sorry, breaking poverty over the poor. He was that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Romans 15, let's quickly jump over there. I'm covering a bit of territory, but I think you guys can handle it. You guys are hungry. I can feel it. It's beautiful. Romans 15, let's just look at one more quick portion of Scripture. My, uh, my boss at, in the at Bethel Church, my overseer tells me that when he was a younger man, he got so passionate when he was preaching to his youth group one time that he picked up the pulpit and he just threw it out in front of the people. (laughs) I just remembered that story just as I was looking at the pulpit right now. Don't worry, I'm not going to do that. It's okay. I don't feel like throwing the pulpit right now. And it is such a nice pulpit too. I like to remind him of that story. It's a, it's a great story. I think, he threw, I think he even threw a Bible out into the people one time. He was just so passionate in his preaching. He just threw a Bible out there just to reinforce his point. Romans, Romans 15, verse 18. Paul speaking again. For I will dare not... Uh, sorry, excuse me. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not accomplished through me in word and deed to make the Gentiles obedient in mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God so that from Jerusalem and round about to Illyricum I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. I have that phrase in my Bible underlined, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. For us to fully preach the gospel, there must be three things, mighty signs and wonders, Scripture would say. First of all, mighty signs and wonders, the Spirit and the power of the Spirit. Those those three things must be present, the Bible would say. To fully preach the New Testament gospel, we must have mighty signs and wonders, the Spirit of God, and the power of the Spirit of God. Those three things must be present for us to fully preach the gospel. I remember being in a medical clinic in Reading, uh, in my city, and uh, I was getting a medical examination for my green card, and... Uh, I sat next to a Hispanic man that uh, had his arm in, uh, wrapped in bandages. 
And uh, I just struck up a conversation with him and just began to ask him, what happened to your arm, sir? Do you mind me asking? And he began to tell me that he uh, works with roller doors. That's his profession. And he lifted one particular roller door and somehow his arm got jammed in the roller door and basically tore a whole bunch of, I think, ligaments and tendons uh, down his arm. And so he's in a whole lot of pain in the doctor's surgery at this, at this clinic. And uh, I said, sir, I, I really believe that Jesus Christ heals today. Would you be willing for me just to pray for you uh, right now? Could I just pray for you? And he, he, he said, yeah, sure. And so he kind of leaned over and we just quietly just prayed there in the medical clinic waiting room and just gently laid my hands on his arm and just commanded healing in Jesus' name. And uh, I said, okay, now just test it out. And so he, he just begins to kind of move it like this and, and just see how it is. And he's doing this and all of a sudden his eyes just go bing and he's like, And he didn't say anything, but I could see his eyes got really big, and, and he's doing this, and, and, and I'm like, is it good? And uh, he's, he, he was in disbelief, so he just kept, it's like, he's looking for the pain, like, this cannot be happening, this is, cannot be happening, and he's looking for the pain. And uh, I said, how is it? And he basically began to say, he, uh, after he kind of recovered, he, he said, like, there's only just a little bit left in the wrist, but everything's gone. And, uh, and so I prayed again, and, and the pain in his wrist left in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. And amen. And I began to then just say, hey, listen, this is a divine moment for you. His name was Carlos. I said, Carlos, this is a divine moment for you, I believe. Actually, you're here today for, there's, there's a reason we're talking today. And I want to tell you that Jesus Christ, he loves you deeply. He really cares about you. Your life matters to him. Your life's important to him. And he died on the cross for you. And when he went to the cross, he saw you at the cross. And uh, I began to just share that with him. And uh, he, um, he was gripped, actually. And I could see I had, it was piercing his heart. The power of the gospel was piercing his heart. And just as I was about to sort of kind of bring it to sort of a close and give him an opportunity to receive Christ there and then, the nurse call comes out and calls his name. And, and so he gets called into the room and just kind of went into the room. And I was, I was gutted. I was, oh man, we, he was about to surrender his life to Jesus. And I was really disappointed. And so I, I just sat there in the waiting room by myself and just said, Lord, would you please give me an opportunity to speak to that man again? I pray that you give me an opportunity to talk to him again before he leaves today. About 15, 20 minutes later, he comes out and uh, walks and fixes things up with the receptionist lady. And then he's about to walk out. He wasn't even going to, he didn't even stop to talk to me, but he's about to walk out. And I, I'm like, you know what? The doctor can wait for me. I, I just went out the door and I just said, Carlos, Carlos, uh, I know that you, I don't want to hold you for too long, but I really believe that this is a divine moment for you today. I really believe that this is significant, what took place in this medical clinic. And uh, I just believe that this is an opportunity for you right now to surrender your life to Jesus and gave him an opportunity to surrender his life to Christ. And I said, would you like to do that today? 
I said, I can lead you in a prayer. And he said, yes, I'd like to do that. And so we kind of put our hands on one another and prayed out the front of that medical clinic. And he received Jesus Christ right there and then. And you know what? It was so cool because I, I encouraged him. I said, hey, listen, I really want to encourage you to go to a church and become part of a church and to read a Bible. And, uh, and I began to just um, talk to him about that. And uh, he uh, actually was so zealous about going to church that he got a piece of paper out of his bag and wanted to write down the church address that I go to, the phone number of the church, and every single service time that's available at Bethel Church. So he knew all the services that he could go to. Isn't that amazing? And so I was just, thank you, Jesus, phenomenal. So I, I actually want to just end, but I want to end by um, just sharing uh, what, uh, what happened to me uh, about four years ago in my own prayer time with the Lord. And uh, something happened when I was praying one day uh, in my secret place, uh, in my prayer time with the Lord in the morning. Something happened in, inside of me in that moment that marked me forever. And I want to share that today because I, I, I believe that I've seen it over and over again that when I've shared this story, there's been a marking on certain people. Something's changed and been transformed in the lives of certain people when I've shared this story. When I've shared this story, I've had people come to me and say, Matt, since you told me that story, I, one lady came to me and said, Matt, since you told me that story, for a week straight, I've been dreaming about the cross in, at night. I, the cross and the blood of Jesus has been all through my dreams for a week since you shared that story. And so I just want to share that story today, believing that there'll be a release into your life of that same uh, wonder and conviction over Calvary. And so one morning, I'm just praying in my living room at home, and uh, I was actually worshiping. I was singing to Jesus, just kind of singing a song like, Worthy is the Lamb. And all of a sudden, I felt like the Lord took me into a vision. And in this vision, it was like He, sh he showed me, I uh, had my eyes closed, and it was like a, a, you know, through in my imagination, but it was really strong and intense. Uh, and I, could, I was taken to where in the vision I was taken to where Jesus was uh, in the I think it's the praetorium and he's uh, kneeling on the ground against a post and he's just been brutally scourged he's just been brutally beaten and whipped and uh, uh, just just beaten severely by the Roman soldiers and there's blood everywhere the uh, wounds are intense He's literally got open wounds all over his body. You know, it's actually said that when they would do that lashing uh, under Roman punishment, that actually it would literally be not just across the torso, it would literally, he would have been lashed from the top of his head to the toes of his feet. Every square inch of his body would have been scourged, not by a whip, by pe lead pellets in leather that actually would dig into the flesh and tear the flesh deliberately. He probably got lashed across his face as well. It's, uh, scholars will actually say it's, it's quite probable that the pellets would dig into the eyes of the people, of, of the victim, and sometimes even tear out the eye. 
And so I, I was taken in this moment to see Jesus there on the ground and he's just been scourged brutally. They, they say that they would have to stop at 39 lashes because if he had 40, he probably would die. And so he's just been scourged and uh, brutally and there's blood everywhere. And I see him kneeling down against that post and he looks into my eyes and it was not a look of condemnation or how could you, but it was a look of you are the prize. You are the joy that I'm enduring this for. You are the prize. This is for you, Matt. This is for you. It was a look of purpose into my eyes. And as I saw this, there was blood everywhere and I was undone and I actually became in the vision I was somewhat hysterical in in real life I actually started weeping immediately and I started to become hysterical in the vision and I'm rolling around on the stones these big cobble big big I think stones white stones that are covered in blood and uh, I'm rolling around on these stones and I'm being covered in blood and all of a sudden, I'm, after this hysterical moment where I, because I'm so undone, I, I realize I am covered in the blood. I am, I am just covered all over in the blood of Jesus, in the blood of my Lord. And I remember just looking down at the ground and seeing myself in the reflection of a pool of the blood of Jesus. There would have... In, in that day, there, in that moment, there literally, friends, would have been blood everywhere. It would have been, it would have been sickening to watch. There would be, have been blood everywhere. And in this vision the Lord gave me, I saw myself in a pool of my Jesus' blood in that moment. And I was undone. I was undone. But he looked at me again, and it was a look of, I did this for you. I did this for you. And then the scene changed and I see Jesus at the right hand of the Father in heaven, in glory. And he's got, uh, his robe is pure white. He's shining like the sun. He's crowned as a king. But I see the scars in his hands. I see those scars in his hands. He's a crowned king, a majestic Lord but I see the scars in his hands in heaven. And, it, and again, I'm undone that those scars are for me. I'm undone that those scars are in his hands for me. And the fact that forever he is known in heaven, Revelation says, as the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. Worthy is the lamb that was slain, they sing in heaven, Revelation says. And I am, un, again, undone that He is in heaven with scars in His hands for me. And then I felt the compulsion and the burden that now I have to share this. It would be a violation for me to keep this to myself. And that conviction comes into my heart. And a burden for people started to come into my heart in that moment. And a burden for the souls of men and women started to come into my heart and began to increase over that season. 
And uh, if you're in this place, I want you just to stand. I want to pray for you. We're going to just linger for a moment. We've got about three or four minutes. I want to just linger. Just stay aware of the Lord in this moment. I think this is a really precious moment. There are people being touched right now by the Spirit. The Spirit, one of the Holy Spirit's jobs is to reveal Christ to you. And the Spirit of God is present right now to do that. Holy Spirit, would you open our eyes to Calvary? Would you open our eyes to see Jesus? Would you open our eyes to behold the beauty, the justice, the mercy, and the suffering of the cross? And to behold the wonder that you did that for us that you saw me, you saw my life, you saw our lives through that. I had, had a student that I pastored this uh, year and he said, Matt, I had a vision the other day when I was praying and Jesus was standing on one side of the cross. He was glorified and he was off the cross, but he was back standing on Calvary, the hill, and he was looking at me, but he was on one side of the cross and I was on the other side of the cross and he was looking at me straight through a transparent cross and he was looking at me. The, the, the cross was transparent and, he, and, and the student said, Levi, his name was, he said, Matt, Jesus was looking straight at me, but it was through the cross. It was through the cross. That is biblical truth, that when God looks at you, He looks at you through the lens of the blood and the cross of Jesus Christ. But it doesn't just stop at you. It's it, freely you've received, you now freely give. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just show us Calvary today. Show us the power of the blood. Touch us, God, today. Give us a greater revelation of the blood of Jesus. We want to see Calvary. Open the eyes of our heart to see Calvary in a greater way. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, Spirit of God, just keep coming. Let's just wait a few more moments. Just, I don't want to rush off to the next thing, but just a few more moments. Holy Spirit, would you just impress upon our hearts what happened at Calvary? Impress upon our hearts the gospel, the simplicity, yet the magnificence of the gospel. see the treasure that dwells within us the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ impress it upon us Holy Spirit we need to be possessed with the fire of the gospel 
Lord, let us fall in love with the gospel all over again. May we fall in love with the gospel afresh. Let us fall in love with the gospel afresh today in this place. Filled with childlike wonder. Wow. I can't believe it. You saw me. You looked at me when you hung on that cross. It was my sin that nailed you there. It was my shame that caused you to be naked in front of all those people. It was my rebellion that meant you were mocked and spat upon. The greatest king, the king of kings. And you were mocked and spat upon because of the rebellion in my heart. Thank you, Jesus. Just a few more moments. I, I really feel it's just something happening right now. Just a few more moments. And we thank you, Jesus, that it didn't end at Calvary, but you went into the grave. You went into the depths of Hades and Sheol, and you proclaimed it's done. Satan, it's over for you now. It's finished. And you preached in power in hell what you just did at Calvary. And you took the keys of death and hell. And the Spirit of God lifted you from the grave. And now we have the power of your resurrection. By your grace we are saved. By the power of your spirit we are saved. And we thank you for your resurrection. We thank you for the glory, the day of the Lord's favor that we are in now. We thank you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus.